0: Standing By, the Terry and Ted podcast, is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Get out of the big city and experience a construction zone free test drive.
1: There is such a thing.
0: Hi there, I'm Terry DeMonte, and look, there's Ted Bird. It's uh, the Standing By podcast. What's this? The best of edition, Ted? Well, it's all we've got, (laughs) Terry. Couldn't come up with anything new, so
2: we're just going to rehash what we did the last time around. It's kind of like leftovers, is it? (laughs) Yeah, it is. Well, you know what? Uh, We we get caught up in the pandemic. Our our season two has been delayed uh, for various and sundry pandemic-related reasons. So we thought maybe to tide you over, we'd do a a best of Standing By the Terry and Ted podcast from season one. So we've gone through uh, all 10 episodes, and we've found, uh, well, I'm not sure if it's the best of, but it's... Let's call it "Sum of Terry and Ted <laughs> <laughs> season one. It's the "Sum of Terry and Ted show. Uh,
0: I was just going to go into a whole thing about how these were uh, very closely curated by uh, both you and me. Hours in the vaults, studying the tapes, making sure we had the very best content for you to listen to. But uh, that would be a lie.
2: <laughs> well, You know what? I, I think I think we did find some pretty good stuff. I've got it all written down here. I can give you a little rundown of some of what we've got. on All righty. Best- let's do that. Yeah, well, from episode one, we talked about the Terry and Ted chemistry right out of the gate. About what uh, what made this such a a long lasting and uh, relatively successful, and certainly for the two of us, rewarding personal and professional relationship. Uh, We also touched on the time I tried to quit smoking and you were going to throw me out the window. (laughs) (laughs) The WW Eleven story. I mean, that you know, you can't not include that. Yeah. The time we ate too much hash in Amsterdam, <laughs> uh, <laughs> drunk guys on the news—that's always a favorite—and uh, I was one of them one day. <laughs> and uh, what else have we got? Big fat crybabies. I wrote down big fat crybabies. Well, oh, I that, that's talking about that's talking about us uh, how, yeah. you, how how we get weepy and sentimental as we get older. And I've talked to other people in our demographic, and we're not alone there. Right. Yeah, I think it happens to everybody. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's a physiological thing or or strictly a psychological thing. You know what's happened to me lately? I've been binge-watching Yellowstone. Are you mm-hmm. watching Yellowstone?
0: Uh, no, not yet. We 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 tried earlier last year and couldn't get past the first couple of episodes, but because of the reaction we've been getting from most of our friends, we're going to go back at it. Well, I liked it
2: right out of the gate, and and just about everyone else I've spoken to has. But what I was getting at was I cry every episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's at least one thing that makes me cry or or chokes me up yeah. every episode. Wow. And I you know, I think that's partly because I'm old and sentimental now, but it's so good. I've, it's so well done. And they know how to play with your emotions. The way it's written and acted and filmed, everything about it plays with your emotions and in a good in a good way. It manipulates your emotions in a good way i find anyway
0: we just finished this last weekend we finished afterlife with ricky gervais if you haven't seen afterlife season three get ready because it is uh it's an emotional powerhouse and uh it's it's not just uh i got some tears in my eyes for me it was uh snot bubbles in the whole world <laughs> I mean. <it> was... <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a it's an emotional punch to the gut the last, wow. the last episode of the last season of Afterlife is pretty powerful I saw
2: somebody mention something about that on Twitter the other yeah. day and I haven't I haven't watched I think I watched the first episode or two of that and I didn't stick with it and it's not because I didn't like it yeah. because I remember specifically a scene in the first episode where he's walking past a schoolyard and some little kid calls him a pedophile <laughs> and I don't remember exactly what the exchange was i just remember (laughs) laughing at it he's one of the funniest guys in
0: the world that absolutely absolutely there's
2: i I miss him uh, hosting the golden globes that's that's there's not there's no better comedy than him taking the piss out of hollywood royalty right to their faces
0: well i highly recommend it if you haven't seen it um and in the meantime uh, to tide you over i guess we should get to the best of uh, or what we're calling the best of uh, standing by the Terry and Ted podcast. Yes, I would say so. I, and I think that Yellowstone and Ricky Gervais probably aspire to the
2: level of entertainment <laughs>
0: <laughs> that you're about
2: to be exposed to. Here. I'm
0: sure they do. <laughs> here you go. Enjoy. Do you think that it uh, had anything to do the, the sort of rhythm and the success of the show Back in 88, 89, 90. Did it have anything to do with Green Avenue and the ridiculous size of that closet-like studio? Possibly.
2: That was a funny little studio, eh? That was... um, I worked in that building uh, before I came to show In 1979, I worked at CKGM for uh, about five months and Ralph Lockwood was the morning man and yeah. Robert G Hall and Mitch Snaden and Buster Bodeen and he all was those surrounded guys by Radio Giants. Yeah, well it was the it was the it was like the tail end of of uh top 40 am radio still being right. uh, a, a force. And that room, I believe that room was the newsroom at that point if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. But I don't think it was as small as it was I guess they must have uh they must have done some renovations, but yeah, you're right. It was a tiny, it was a tiny little dark room and that might've had something to do with it, but and you
0: smoked in it.
2: That's the crazy part. You I smoked in like it like a friggin' chimney. Yes. And I think that's another thing that, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, and I mean, you were good about that because yeah. you've been a non-smoker your whole life. I quit about, I don't know, 21 years ago now. And, uh, I'll tell you something. I haven't had a drink in over 24 years, and you could sit in front of me on a hot day, with a cold beer or with a glass of chilled white wine, with that one droplet running down the side of the glass, wouldn't bother me one bit. Wow! But you light a smoke, really, and I smell that that freshly lit. Tobacco,
0: wow. oh boy, really? Eh? Yeah,
2: I could fall off that wagon wow. real easy. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, wow. but anyway, it was good of you to let me smoke in the studio <laughs> because uh, it just—that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, it was just I was like I it was it was for and smokers know this. It's a comfort thing, right. you know, and it's and it's a habitual thing as a smoker. I can remember pour a coffee, light a smoke, right get on the phone light as smoke
0: smokers will understand get in the insane.
2: car light as smoke right sit down in front of the microphone to read the news light as smoke and and you always uh, let me smoke you never said hey you can't no. smoke in my studio and no. uh, yeah christ if you get emphysema that's on me i guess <laughs> although i think like I, I say no. it's yeah it's been i haven't had a cigarette in in uh, I, it was new year's eve 1990 something you know how i quit finally Why? I because I tried everything. Remember the patch. Remember when I tried I the patch, yeah. and remember Life yeah. Sign. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: there was this little, this little like computer thing, yeah. and and it would tell you when you could have a cigarette. Yeah. Like yeah. you would program it, and then it would tell you when you could smoke it. It was the the point was it would wean you off of the tobacco. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how far I threw that thing.
0: Well, I was going to say. I remember your efforts to quit smoking a couple of times yeah. and after you'd leave the studio, I'd say to Patty, I'm gonna buy him a fucking <laughs> cigarette <laughs> suit because he's because it it's a tough thing to do. and, it's and the hard,
2: I think yeah, it's the hardest habit. Happen- they say it's harder than be, getting off heroin.
0: You became fairly irritable. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, they say that nicotine is more addictive, they, whoever yeah. they are. Yeah. But I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard it, so it must be true. Yeah, it must yeah. be. Saw it yeah. on the internet. So I finally went to my doctor, Dr. Benjamin in Cote St. Luke, who's still my doctor today yeah. after all these years. And uh, I told him, I want to quit smoking. What do you suggest? And he gave me a prescription for a pill called Zyban which was used as a stop-smoking aid. Mm-hmm. It's also Welbutrin by another name, Ooh. and Welbutrin is an antidepressant. So I took the Zyban, uh, I managed to quit smoking, and my wife at the time said to me, I want you to keep taking those. I know you don't smoke anymore, but I want you to keep taking those pills. I like you better when you're on those pills. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, so apparently I was also uh, I was depressed at the Did time. Did you get
0: yeah. any of the side effects that they list on TV? Vomit, diarrhea. No, no, no,
2: no. I guess it, no. They seem to. I guess according I to her, they they uh they did me good.
0: I don't recall you shitting your pants. No, <laughs> so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well, stand by. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the day is young. <laughs> but yeah, there is there there always has been something special, and I'm thinking about it the other day, trying to identify what is it exactly, and I think some of it's innate, but I also think a lot of it has to do with. I think we were raised.
0: Similarly. Similarly.
2: Yeah. Uh, We're the same age. We, I think we were raised uh, uh, with similar values. I I think we were raised by people who had similar tastes in popular culture. So everything has always been relatable.
0: That will be where there's an edit.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we should leave it in. <laughs> are, these <laughs> are these
1: that unidirectional? Are they? Sorry?
0: Are these that unidirectional? No, in th- other words, you got to talk
1: right into them. Yeah, because if you lean back a bit. Right. You, you hear it, it, sounds further... Well, that's no good, I'm leaving. <laughs> How's, this? How's
2: this? Is this good, Frontella? Sorry, Poseidon? How's my mic technique? Yeah.
0: Overmodulating.
2: <laughs> what do you mean, overmodulating?
0: That's an inside radio yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I, man. I, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, I think I think there was a similarity uh, to the way we were raised and also our, our values. And, you know, it's hard to imagine now, but we came up at a time... Where we said things and did things that today we would be fired for, and we weren't controversial.
2: No, no, not at right. all. Uh, but you can get fired for a lot these days yeah. too. I find you got to tiptoe yeah. more these days yes. than uh, than ever.
0: Let's let's talk about because it was real happenstance. I I I want to talk about when when we first got started. I had already arrived at Sholm. I was. Like, I'd love to see... You were a big deal. There was what? no there
2: was no fucking uh, being no, around no, this guy no, no, at no. all. He was just... I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had just arrived... At Don't you know who I think <laughs> I am? I had just got I'm to show him in 1984, and I, I have to admit, I was shitting kittens because I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how to do a morning show. I had no idea to, how to be a morning guy. And Patty, Peppermint Patty, really, really was... Such a massive help to me through that period. Listen, that was good timing because yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been any help to you the way that Pat. No, seriously,
2: she was, she was the perfect, yeah, on air partner, yeah. partner for you at that time, yeah. and also a friend off the air yeah. as well. And, like and, I wouldn't have held your hand through that. Yeah. I would have been like, hey, you're on your own, pal. I got my own
0: problems, <laughs> and and uh, that friendship endures to this day. Yeah. I should mention, but it started with we were actually working as. Uh, competitors you yes would, I, you was would, FM, I was at fm and
2: i was at fm 96 which became mix 96 which uh, is now virgin but i don't think that's going to last much longer i don't know what they're going to do with it next mm-hmm. if they're going to turn it into i don't know yeah but uh i was at scaramouche one night which was a bar on it was on bishop wasn't it patty was a bartender
0: there oh okay on thursday friday and saturday night can you imagine
2: yeah and some i, I don't remember exactly how it transpired but i think someone said to me terry Demonte wants to buy you a drink and i knew who you were i knew who you were I knew you were the morning man at Shum, but we had never met, so... You bought me a drink, and it was probably something really fruity because it was the <laughs> 1980s, right? It was probably some really like, you know, just all sugar, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and we had a chit chat, and I remember coming away from that thinking, you know what, I'd like to work with that guy that sometime, nice? yeah, because it was because we had that uh, we had that immediate sort of uh, connection to the point where you know I thought to myself, not only would I like to work with him sometime, but if I ever decide to change teams, I think I'd like him to be my first. <laughs> I might have made that part up. I think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the opportunity arose some, it was years later, it was like three years later. Was it so, that long? Yeah, Where it was, was, it was 1988, I, because I, we met in 85, yes. that's when I started in I Montreal. have to
0: confess, I don't remember buying you a drink, but I remember one of the things that I learned when I got to Montreal from Winnipeg was it was cutthroat competition. Nobody talked to anybody, everybody hated the other That's team. the stupidest thing and well, always was, has been. Yeah, and it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard of, yeah. and I thought... Well, the hell with that! Yeah, I, you know, I respect this guy. I'm going to buy him a drink, even though there's an umbrella in it. I'm going <laughs> to buy him a drink. And and uh, but I, I must admit, I don't recall. Yeah, you know, the that, guy in
2: that, the colorful Cosby sweater. Could yeah. you send him a drink, please?
0: <laughs> do you think that it had anything to do the the sort of rhythm and the success of the show? back in 88 89 90 did it have anything to do with green avenue and the ridiculous size of that closet like studio possibly that
2: was a funny little studio eh? that was um i worked in that building uh before i came to show him. in 1979 i worked at ckgm for uh about five months and Ralph Lockwood was the morning man, and yeah. Robert G. Hall, and Mitch Snaden, and Buster Bodine, and he all was those surrounded guys. Surrounded by radio giants. Yeah, well, it was the it was the it was like the tail end of of uh, top forty AM radio still being right. uh, a, a force. And that room, I believe that room was the newsroom at that point. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, but I don't think it was as small as it was. I guess they must have. Uh, they must have done some renovations. But, yeah, you're right. It was, a tiny, it was a tiny little dark room, and that might have had something to do with it. But and you
0: smoked in it.
2: That's the crazy part. You I smoked in like it. Like a friggin' chimney. Yes. And I think that's another thing that uh, – <laughs> yeah. No, and I mean you were good about that because yeah. you've been a non-smoker your whole life. I quit about, I don't know, 21 years ago now. And uh, I'll tell you something. Uh, I haven't had a drink in over 24 years, and you could sit in front of me on a hot day with a cold beer or with a glass of chilled white wine with that one droplet running down the side of the glass. Wouldn't bother me one bit. Wow. But you light a smoke. Really? And I smell that, that really? freshly lit Tobacco.
0: Oh boy, really? Yeah, I I
2: could fall off that wagon real easy. No kidding. Yeah, but anyway, it was good of you to let me smoke in the studio (laughs) because uh, (laughs) it just—that's okay. no because i mean it was just i was like i it was it was for and smokers know this it's a comfort thing right. you know and it's and it's a habitual thing as a smoker i can remember pour a coffee light a smoke right get on the phone light a smoke
0: smokers will understand get in the same. car light a smoke right.
2: sit down in front of the microphone to read the news light a smoke and and you always uh, let me smoke. You never said, "Hey, you can't no. smoke in my studio." And no. uh, yeah, Christ, if you get emphysema, that's on <laughs> me, I guess. Although I think, like Not I say, quit. it's no. yeah, it's been. I haven't had a cigarette in. in uh, I it was New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety something. You know how I quit finally? Why? I because uh, I tried everything. Remember the patch? Remember when I tried I the patch? Yeah. And remember Life yeah. Sign? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was this little, this little like computer thing yeah. and, and it would tell you when you could have a cigarette. Yeah. Like yeah. you would program it and then it would tell you when you could smoke it. It was the, the point was it would wean you off of the tobacco. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how far I threw that thing.
0: Well, I was going to say, I remember your efforts to quit smoking a couple of times. Yeah. And after you'd leave the studio, I'd say to Patty... I'm going to buy him a fucking cigarette <laughs> suit because he's, because it. It's a tough thing to do. And, it's and, the hard, I think yeah, it's the hardest habit. Happen- they
2: say it's harder than be, getting off heroin.
0: You became fairly irritable. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, they say that nicotine is more addictive than they, whoever yeah. they are, yeah. but I've heard that. I've heard it, so it must be true. Yeah, it must yeah. be. You saw it on the internet. So I finally went to my doctor, Dr. Benjamin in Cote St. Luke, who's still my doctor today yeah. after all these years, and uh, I told him, I want to quit smoking. What do you suggest? And he gave me a prescription for a pill called Zyban. Which was used as a stop smoking aid. Mm-hmm. It's also Welbutrin by another name, Ooh. and Welbutrin is an antidepressant. So I took the Zyban. Uh, I managed to quit smoking, and my wife at the time said to me, "I want you to keep taking those. I know you don't smoke anymore, but I want you to keep taking those pills. I like you better when you're on those pills." Really? Yeah. Wow. So, so apparently, I was also uh, I was depressed at the Did time. Did you get
0: then. any of the side effects that they list on TV? Vomit, diarrhea, no, no, no,
2: no, I guess it, no, they seem to, I guess, according I to her, they they uh, they did me good.
0: I don't recall your shit in your pants, no, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well, stand by. Yeah, <laughs> the day is young.
1: <laughs>
0: I would like you to uh, tell a couple of your stories because the other day, um, my wife and I were talking. <laughs> And I extended my pinky finger <laughs> to her, <laughs> and she said, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I, I I was holding my pinky out, and she said, "What what is that? What are you doing?" And I said, "Well, it's a it's a story I got to get Ted Bird to call and uh, tell." And since we're telling. Uh, sports stories yeah. we've opened i've opened the door okay i've got that
2: one and and right. i've also okay. i'll also tell the yvonne cornway golfing story okay. which is a good one too Alrighty. so the story with the pinky finger yes uh 1980s i'm covering the toronto blue jays i'm living in toronto working as a sports reporter at cftr radio and i'm covering blue jays games and i'm down in the clubhouse after the game one day and uh uh cliff johnson who was uh, he Big, big man, Cliff Johnson. He was a designated hitter for the Blue Jays, and he's standing by his locker, and he's holding a beer. And Marty York from the Globe and Mail, who uh, who to this day I still uh, I interact with Marty on uh, Twitter quite a bit. Good guy. And uh, Marty York walks over to Cliff Johnson, and he goes uh, – he sticks out his hand, he goes, Cliff, Marty York, Globe and Mail. And Cliff Johnson, holding his beer, goes <laughs> – extends his pinky finger with the hand that's holding the beer and Marty, not sure what to do, takes the pinky finger and shakes it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice
0: to meet you. <laughs> That's a pretty good pinky shake you got there. You just had, uh, didn't you? Just have a, uh, didn't you? Just get blocked by Rod Carew. Yeah, my Speaking first of baseball My stories? first Hall of
2: Fame block yes. on Twitter. Yeah, yes.
0: Tell that story. Well,
2: same era, early '80s. I'm covering the Blue Jays. The California Angels are in town. It's just before the All Star break, and Rod Carew has been named to the All Star team, the American League All Star team. And I'm down in the Angels Clubhouse and I'm looking. This is pregame. Who can I interview? Oh, look, there's Rod Carew. I'll interview him about getting named to the All Star team. So I walk over and I stick out my hand. And I say, Hi, Rod. Ted Bird, CFTR Radio. And he's fiddling around in his locker and putting stuff away and is taking this stuff back to you? out. No, he's like his side is okay. to me. It's from okay. the side. Yeah, gotcha. And he doesn't even look at me. Right. He doesn't even look at me. Right. And there's this. Sort of uncomfortable pause, and I don't remember if he if he said, "Well, what do you want?" Or or anyway, I said to him, um, "I would, you know, I was just wondering if I could interview you about getting named to the All Star team." No. Okay, well, thanks. Good to good to, good chat. Good to see you, and fuck you, pal, and
0: you didn't say that
2: no no but fast forward that yeah. would have been like 1983 probably maybe yeah. 84 so fast forward uh, however many years it is since then and he's here i see him on twitter a few months ago a video on twitter hi everybody i'm on twitter now and i was hoping maybe you could follow me you know and he's like 70 years old or whatever he is now and so uh, i responded and i and i told exactly that story i said i met you in the angels clubhouse in 1983 Uh, I was a a radio reporter, and I asked you to – I extended my hand and asked you if I could do an interview with you and introduce myself, and you ignored both (laughs) gestures. So I'll pass. (laughs) Thanks very much on following you on Twitter. And then for whatever reason, his name came across my Twitter uh, timeline again more recently, and he had blocked
0: me. There you go.
2: Okay, I got blocked by a Baseball Hall of Famer. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I'm thinking maybe I can put together an all, I can get blocked by an all-star team of Hall of Famers. I've got to start on my infield. We'll, we'll see who's next. This is- one of my favorite experiences, uh, when I first came to Montreal, I was interviewing Larry Robinson after practice one day. And uh, after I was done the interview, he said to me, um, what time do you get up in the morning? I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, uh, around 3.30 or so. He said, yeah, I figured you must start early because I listen to you when I'm in the barn feeding the horses in the morning. And I just about shit gumdrops. And I ran straight home and phoned my father and said,
0: Larry, Robinson listens to me <laughs> <laughs> just like that. that. Yeah. That was so exciting
2: to me. He's the nicest man. Oh my God. He's yeah. such a nice man.
0: Larry. Yeah. Robinson. He, he tweeted about me one time and I had it printed and framed.
2: Let me tell the Yvonne Carnoy story. Yeah, yeah. Cause this yes, is a classic. Yeah. Uh, early nineties at Shom, we had uh, an auction, a fundraising auction for, I don't know what the charity was for, but it was, uh, it was to raise money for a charity. Uh, You could bid on an opportunity to go golfing with uh, Ted Bird from a big deal, Uh, (laughs) a Bell Canada representative, and Yvonne Cornway, Montreal Canadiens Hall of Famer and 10-time Stanley Cup champion. So ultimately, a guy named Mark Mintzberg uh, had the winning bid. And so I went out, and I'm not a golfer. I think it was was actually the first time I had ever – literally gone out on a golf course and golfed. I used to, I used to go to the driving range and I guess because I wasn't a half bad baseball player, I could hit a golf ball pretty good. Like I could, I could, you know, and, and the way I looked at it in the driving range is if, if I, if I, uh, if I hooked it, that's a double down the line. You know, because if I hit it, hooked it, but hit it far, (laughs) that's a double down the line. Right. Yeah. If I sliced it and hit it far, that's an opposite field home run. Right. So I could hit the ball pretty good. I just couldn't necessarily hit it straight. Anyway, uh, we get out on, um, we're golfing and and I meet Yvonne Cornway and he's a very nice man. And we get out on, I think it was on the first tee. I hit a really good drive right straight down the middle of the fairway, like pure shithouse luck. Yeah. And I said, uh, "Hey, I said, that's not bad. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll buy some gloves. Uh, sorry, maybe I'll buy some clubs and take up this game." And everyone kind of chuckled, and uh, and then like you know, next hole. I hit you know, I hit one off into the woods, or I just like a completely terrible shot, and Yvon Cornway goes, "Hey, Ted, are you sure you want to buy those clubs? Ha? Huh? And I laughed. Hah. And so we get going along, and I think we're on the back nine by this time. And Mark Mintzberg is playing the round of his life, and he's beating Yvonne Cornway. And Yvonne's not happy because he's a competitor. You don't yeah. win st- right. 10 Stanley Cups yeah. uh, without, without being a competitor. So at one point, he shanks his drive. And I laughed and said, Hey, Vaughn, maybe I'll buy your clubs. And he turned right around and he goes, You want to play right now? <laughs> <laughs> And I uh I said uh, I said, Yvonne, yeah. it's just yeah. it's just a joke. And he goes, I don't take it. <laughs> and you know, been, in in thirty years since we we still yes, use that all the time, us and the guys yeah, in our circles. I don't it, take it. It's
0: become part of our parlance. <laughs> exactly, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and we should uh, I, I wanna I wanna make this abundantly clear. One of the nicest men you'll ever want. Oh, to Oh, absolutely, and, and very—he
2: very quickly came around. Yes. He, you know, he yeah. realized that he'd, you know, his anger had gotten the best yeah. of him, and he very, yeah. he very quickly uh, uh, smoothed the waters. Yeah,
0: him and his wife Evelyn uh, are at so many different charity things. He still represents that sweater very, very well. Has done so for years in the community. He's a wonderful, wonderful man, nice man. But as you point out, you don't get ten rings, no, uh, without having a competitive no. side. And uh, I, uh, our, our claim to fame was we, uh, me and the people in my my school year at Pierpont Comprehensive High School, we all went to school with Evelyn. So,
2: oh God, well that's out of that's out of a book. My favorite book of all time. Never mind my favorite sports book. My favorite book of all time, Ball Four by Jim Bouton. Jim Bouton was a Major League Baseball pitcher, and at the end of his career, he uh, went to the Seattle Mariners in the expansion draft, and he kept a diary of his one season with the Mariners. And he told a story that had been related to him by, what was the catcher's name, or the guy's name, Jim Pagliaroni or something like that, who who had played with Ted Williams towards the end of Ted Williams' career, and told a story about Ted Williams, who was... Probably the, the best hitter in the history of baseball and was also a war hero. I don't know if many people know that yeah. about Ted Williams. He flew combat missions in the Korean War. And I guess a big part of the reason he was such a great combat pilot was an, and a great baseball hitter was because his eyesight was so good. And great pilots and great hitters both have great eyesight. So anyway, Ted Williams, this guy told the story about Ted Williams would, would come out to batting practice before anyone else was in the ballpark, just him and the pitcher, the batting practice pitcher, and he would scream at the top of his lungs while he'd hit these line drives out over the right field wall. (laughs) And the way he told the story was he would go, I'm Ted fucking Williams, and I'm the greatest fucking hitter who ever lived. Crack! There goes one over the wall. Jesus H. Christ himself couldn't get me out. Whack! Whack! Here comes Jim Bunning. Jim fucking Bunning with that little shit slider of his. Does he think he's going to get me out with that shit?
0: Whack! I'm Ted fucking Williams. Crack! I guess you need that kind of confidence to be Ted Williams. I guess so, yeah. yeah.
2: And that's one of many great (laughs) stories Great stories that in that book. book. Yeah. I've read that book about half a dozen times, and you know what? I'm due to read it again. Yeah. and just it's just so good. And it was it was a scandal at the time. Yeah, when yeah. that book baseball came out,
0: players uh, baseball players hated that. Yeah,
2: book. because he told the behind yeah. the scenes stories. Right. You know about what you know life on the team and on the road yeah. was really like. And they were. I remember on the back of the copy that my father had, they would have quotes from people. and Like (laughs) Bowie Kuhn, who was the commissioner at the time, his quote was, uh, Jim Bouton has done a great disservice to the game of baseball. (laughs) Mickey Mantle and and Bouton told some great stories about Mickey Mantle. (laughs) Mickey Mantle's quote was, Jim who? (laughs) Back in the day, and I guess still at smaller radio stations...
0: There was a time in this country where... There were radio obituaries. Yeah, and every radio station, this is, you know, when the... This is a big country we live in. You know, I don't know if you've ever driven across it, but it's. A I big, have not. I would like to sometime. You should. It and, really and is I fascinating. And I may yet. We'll yeah. see if yes. I get my
2: my <laughs> class one license. <laughs> right.
0: And um, in in the nineteen you know fifties, sixties, and seventies, all radio stations or all communities, small communities, medium sized communities, small communities, large and small, all across the country, had a local radio station. And uh, so you could be in a Charlottetown, uh, you could be in uh, Levy, you could be in Mississauga. Mississauga has its own radio station still, I think. And in all of the small towns, it was always fun to listen to because it was usually staffed by young people. I know, you know, they're mostly young trying to be broadcasters today in in big, big cities. And that's a whole other story that I won't go into now. But back then, if you wanted to get your start in the business, you would go to Brandon or Kenora or Drumheller or uh, Medicine Hat or... Churchill, Churchill. in your case. Churchill, Churchill, Manitoba, Manitoba.
2: Charlottetown, PEI, in my case. Right.
0: So you would go to these small towns. And these small town radio stations were... They were like the town square, if you've ever been to Italy, there's always a big piazza where the, everybody gathers. Well, in a place like Brandon, the town square was the local radio station, CKX, and it had young people who had to do things like swap shop. Swap shop. Remember swap shop? <laughs> yeah. You would host a, a call-in show, and people would call in and tell you about their bug-infested old <laughs> shit that they wanted to sell for $11. Yeah. And and leave. Or trade. Right, or yeah. trade, right? It was called Swap Shop. I uh, got a leaky radiator. Uh, yeah, I, I got a mattress my grandmother died on. I'd uh, like uh, $30 for you can call me. So it was It was always entertaining in its own way. And yeah. this one particular day, I was driving through Brandon, getting a kick out of listening to the local station, and I, I stumbled on the obituaries, which were a service to people in a small town, mm-hmm. especially small towns without newspapers. Yeah. Somebody would pass away, and and you would you would have to go during
2: the news package. There would right. be uh, when I worked in Charlottetown
0: right. the major.
2: I think the noon and the six o'clock news package. Right. Part of it was the obituaries, the radio
0: obituaries, and a big radio prank always was. Someone would either moon you while you were reading the obituaries, or they would make funny faces. Or very dignified. Yeah, very, very <laughs> dignified. I'll, I'll tell the uh, dick out on the desk story one moment oh, <laughs> in, in, in a moment. <laughs> and um, this one particular day, none of that happened, but the the, the kid that was reading the obituaries said, Frank Johnson, Frank Johnson of Brandon, Manitoba, wife of Catherine, leaves two children behind, uh, Anthony and Charlie, and uh, the service will be at... uh, such and such a place at such and such a time, in lieu of flowers, uh, the dedication, uh, the donations may be made to the St. Brandon's Hospital Association. Uh, Mr. Jackson was a veteran of WW11. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly drove off the road, <laughs> and we have to explain it, no doubt. Well, yeah, I mean, it's you know,
2: it was obviously WW World War II, but the, the two was written in yeah, Roman numerals, New World, right? And she read it as eleven, exactly. Yeah. Really, a eleven? Wow, oh. I missed three through ten.
0: <laughs> um, and uh, just quickly, this the uh, dick on the desk story didn't happen to me. Um, but it happened, it was, it was, and I don't remember the actors, but, uh, there, there was always, especially in the days when, you know, radio was, I mean, it was a big deal. We were talking about this in our first podcast about newscasts and how important they were and how serious it was. And, you know, you couldn't laugh during the news. You couldn't break a smile. You, you know, so that's why people tried to throw you off. You know, there was the famous one where they would someone would tiptoe into the room and light your your uh, your copy, copy on fire, on fire yeah. <laughs> and, and you would you know you would hear, <laughs> hear the sound of flapping papers as they tried to put the flame out. And apparently, this one day at CJD, one of the legendary news readers was reading the news on CJD, and a, a confrere who had uh, apparently brought his flask to work um during the eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at news so no, so nobody was in the radio station tiptoed into the uh the newsroom where the guy was reading the news and did his fly down and flopped his oh, no. dick right on the desk to try and throw him off and without meeting without like missing a beat, the guy kept reading the news and leaned over and went. <laughs> 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 and slammed oh, his Christ. fist down on the guy's <laughs> and just kept reading the news.
2: Wow. And so they would put us and a bunch of winners, listeners and winners, uh on the upper deck in business class on KLM.
0: Upstairs on the seven forty seven. Where you could go into the lounge and have a smoke.
2: Yeah. And they would fly us over to Amsterdam and we would stay in a nice hotel and, mm-hmm. and tour around Amsterdam. Yeah. And one year when we went, one of the things about Amsterdam is, uh, and of course, I mean, this is not a big deal here now because it's legal here now as well, but in Amsterdam, long before cannabis became, could be legally purchased here, you could get it in Amsterdam at coffee shops. Right. And so uh, back in the nineties, when uh, we were uh, in more party mode than we are now, that was one of the delights of going to Amsterdam, and uh, one night I went over to the Bulldog Cafe, which was a famous,
0: uh, still is I think, is it I in Amsterdam? So. Yeah. I think
2: there's, I think the Bulldog's actually a chain. I yeah. think there are a few of them. Anyway, you could buy hash at the Bulldog, uh, at the Bulldog Cafe. So I went over to the Bulldog. We were in the Leitza Plain in Amsterdam, one of the main squares, and I bought a chunk of hash, and it was uh, a two and a gra- two and a half grams
0: of hash. It looked like a piece of Wrigley's gum, only it wasn't the color of yeah. gum, but it was it was that long. So I brought
2: it back over to where we were sitting and having our beers in the square and then I realized shit, I don't have any rolling papers. And I said to Terry, "Well, you know what? I'll I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll just we'll cut it in half and we'll each just eat half." I said I've done that at home and it's, you know, you get high and it's uh, it, it'll work just fine. Now, back here we would buy hash in one gram chunks Mm -hmm. this was a two and a half gram chunk
0: can can i just say i was not an avid smoker i had asthma when i was a kid so the that was not that That was was, not your thing that was not my thing i was i was uh as many beers as you could get in me kind of guy um, so this, I, I was like, oh, look, at, look at this. It yeah. was men, you know, when it was illegal here, over there, we were sitting in the square and there were guys in suits with briefcases, rolling joints in the open. And yeah. I thought this was, this was something I'd never seen before. So I cut the
2: gram of, I cut the two and a half grams in, in half, thinking in my head that it was only one gram and that we were each only going to eat half a gram of hash And we were going to have a, get a good buzz and have a good time. And uh, so uh, we each eat our, our chunk, and we're walking back to the hotel later. And, um, and I said to Terry, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling anything from, from that hash. Uh, um, I, don't, I didn't even get high. And Terry says, yeah, and that's surprising because that was two and a half grams. <laughs> and I said, that was two and a half grams? <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, night, night. So we both go off to our rooms. About 4 o'clock in the morning, I wake up. And I think, well, I'm having a drug overdose yep. in a foreign country, and I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and it yes. was washing over me. And yeah. I sat on the edge of the bed and thought to myself, holy Christ I've never been this high in my life and I'm getting higher by the second and I thought, well, you know what? You've been high before, just ride it out, which I was I was eventually able to do. I was able to get get back to sleep and then and and meanwhile, you were and I was going to call you but I yeah. but I was too paranoid. I better not call him. Well,
0: if the phone had rang, I would have a, I would have had a heart attack. Yeah, because you were downstairs I, having your own crisis. I was having a crisis of epic proportions and I I was for some reason we were in a hotel and I was at the I was in a basement suite, yep. and I had cracked the window. The window only opened a crack, and I was standing on the chair, <laughs> and the window was open, and I was doing this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> trying to and, get yeah, some air and
0: trying to because you wouldn't you, you couldn't leave the room yeah. you know God God knows you wouldn't want to leave the room and, Not and in that inter- yeah. interact with people and and then I I remember toying with the idea I've I've got to give in and call the front desk and tell them to phone an ambulance <laughs> I've got to because all I could say I could see in my head was um, it was uh, you know kind of like the uh, the The Super Tramp bars at the concert that were, you know, spinning round and round, only it was Ted's face going, (laughs) two and a half grams, two and a half grams, two and a half grams. I didn't even get high. didn't even get high. didn't even get high.
2: Oh, God. Oh, boy. And then later that morning when I woke up, I went down to Terry's room, and we laughed and laughed and laughed. I mean, by this time, we had come down. Yeah. From the worst of it, yeah. and we were just we were in that goofy laughing yeah. phase of, and I, of being I, I
0: high. S- I said never again, and I never, never is that right? Ne- eh? Never again. Yeah. yeah. After we left CJD and went back to shome we were beginning to become much more confident in who we were and what we did and how we were doing it, and uh, I think as a result of that, we we just. We were more in control, some days out of control, but more in control yeah. of what we were doing. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I think, I, speaking for myself, I know uh, uh, a little bit less concerned with uh, what's what's anybody going to think frankly i don't give a shit what
0: anybody thinks
2: you know i'll do yeah i'll do what i do to the best of my ability and if it flies great and if it doesn't well i'll try to be better tomorrow you
0: know i i think i don't know if you've noticed this but i i certainly have it's one of the there's there are a number of things that aren't great about getting older but one of the things that is great about getting older is i don't give a shit You know, if you you don't, you're not interested and I, you know, and you don't, then I don't care. Like you said, you know, we in the last episode, we talked about hate mail we received. And and back then it had a a real onerous effect. You know, it's like you'd walk around for days thinking, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And uh, now you think. "Ah."
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, nobody, nobody likes to be insulted. No. Uh, nobody likes to be criticized, no, and me. I don't mind constructive criticism, yeah. and I'm and I'm quite open to it. Uh, but for example, social media is not a great forum for constructive <laughs> criticism. <laughs> I hope you fucking die, you asshole piece of garbage. That's not constructive criticism. It isn't. No, I can't. I can't take that and somehow make myself better uh, with that. Uh, but increasingly, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. My, my, my skin is not, you know, completely thick yet. You know, I'll still, sometimes I still let it get under my skin a little bit. If somebody takes, you know, especially, especially an anonymous, I don't like anonymous trolls, uh, online. If you're going to take a shot at me, take your shot, but, but, Look me in the eye. Yeah. Look me in the eye when Stand you take your behind shot. behind what you think. Exactly. Have yeah. the courage of your convictions, and I'm liable to take you a little bit more seriously. But no, I know what you're saying. I'm getting, I'm getting much better as time well, goes I, on at, at not giving a shit. You,
0: you wade into cesspools that I, I. I'm getting better at not wading media, into those. I, I just, yeah. <laughs> My wife will go. Come and look what Ted said. <laughs> 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 yeah. Not as much as I.
2: Not as much sure. as I used to. And I try to, I try to measure it on yeah. a, you know, on a couple of, on a couple of levels. A, is it worth it? Is yeah. it worth, you know, is it worth the battle? Uh, and B, will I get fired for it from my current <laughs> employer? Yeah. Because you got to think about that a lot too, because they're, you know, the sharks are constantly circling on yep. social media. Now yep. people are, are, are actively trying to destroy other people's
0: lives yeah. for sport. Yeah. It's uh Frightening a little bit, yeah. And and we we did say at the out uh, at the outset, uh, upon sitting in these two chairs, we're not going there. We're we're not, no we're not no. wading into pools. We're no, gonna, no, no, we're gonna no, have no, no, some yeah. fun and some yeah. laughs. And, yeah, and, and tell stories.
2: Yeah, and you know what? <clears> if <throat> our if our if if by f- if we happen to blunder into, yeah, you know any of the hot topics of the day, yeah. we will we will delicately remove ourselves or yeah. try to handle it like uh poseidon yeah. and pantelis and mike on two drink minimum yes. they, they, they're they so good yeah. at at uh at taking on like the real touchy hot topics of the day and they just yeah. make it funny
0: you can also email us at yugahagawaga.com. <laughs> <laughs> they just make it funny and also
1: and i respect the hell out of this they don't give a shit yeah you don't Because get a
0: shit, do you Poseidon? No,
1: I, I've told fans live on air during the morning show to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> just to, <laughs> right to the point, then <laughs> yeah, just just to cause a stir amongst themselves, and then they start fighting in the chat. But you- uh,
2: the goodwill ambassador from Johnny Walker was doing the rounds, and he came into the radio station, and they were launching the Blue Label. Is that what they were doing? Yeah, because the Blue Label is what two hundred bucks a bottle, something crazy. Yeah, yeah. they la- lined up five bottles of Scotch. And we sampled from each bottle up to and including the blue. At 7.45 in yeah, the morning. Yeah, it was early in the morning. All I remember was that the 8.30 news was a happy, happy newscast. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Everything's great. in the news, it's all great. I'll tell you right now. It's what it,
0: great. What? We, there's a couple of legendary stories in the industry of, of drunk news guys. And what is Well, it? you witnessed one. I did. <laughs> what what is it about drunk news guys that go Something tells them to go to, everything's okay, no problem I don't whatsoever. know. I don't know. And, but, and yeah. <laughs> we've, we've heard a couple of tapes of a couple of people doing just that.
2: There's one from Calgary in the 1980s. Yes. I wish I still had this because oh, yeah. it was so funny. I can't,
0: I've looked for it. I can't this find guy, it was. he was hammered. Oh, it was New Year's Eve. Is that what it was? I think so. Well, he
2: obviously came straight to work from the party or the bar or wherever he was. Yeah. And he opens the newscast with... <laughs> He opens the newscast by going, it's seven degrees at six oh one, it's minus four. <laughs> An 11-degree and temperature yeah, swing in yeah. that two-second span. And it all
0: went downhill from he there. He
2: just kicked it around yeah. the block. And like Terry said, every story he did, there's a fire in the northeast end today, <laughs> but everything's okay, no problem whatsoever. Every story <laughs> yeah. at the end of it was everything's okay, no yeah. problem whatsoever, which I think was him trying to convince himself Self. on the air right. that everything was okay, right. no problem whatsoever. I got news for you, pal. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> not okay, big problem.
1: <laughs>
0: I'd, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to, if you don't mind, address the blubbering, because um, this is uh, um, Poseidon. Do any of the other guys on the podcast you host or co-host with uh, do a lot of crying? A lot of what? Sorry, crying. crying. Like, 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 yeah, we, like, like weeping. weeping. You know, like, you know, like tears from the eyes. Oh, uh, yeah, that
1: shit? tears from the
0: eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh. <laughs> not, not, that I've, not that i know <laughs> he's <laughs> why? going why is
0: he asking me
1: why well, you guys want to cry you want to have
0: a cry <laughs> well any, any moment now it yeah. could happen yeah well there's there's a couple of cries there's uh what i like to call is the world war ii veteran cry yeah which is um you know and and i mean this with deep respect oh, boy. as you know yeah. i'm a world war ii history buff i have an immense amount of respect for you know, people who served and landed on the beaches in Normandy. But there is, you know, if you watch World War II documentaries, which I do, uh, you know, anytime there's anything on the History Channel, or I'm always, you know, on it like a smell... And when you interview veterans who were taught not to cry. Well, that generation that was, generation, yeah. men you, don't cry. Yeah, you keep Suck that in, yeah. you keep that in. But when they get to their 80s yeah. and they begin to tell the stories, they like to remind you that they're not crying. Well,
2: there was. <laughs> do you want me to tell the Charlie Martin story? <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. Sure. Please do.
2: <laughs> Charlie Martin was a veteran of the Queen's. I think he was landed with the Queen's Own Rifles on D-Day, and he's passed away now, as most of them have. Yeah. There are very that's few left. Thing, yeah. Because any guy who any guy who was 20 years old on D-Day is yeah. 100 now. Yeah. So Charlie Martin is. Yeah. Is that the? That's that's. I don't know if that's the math exactly, but uh, it's actually, pretty yeah, close. You're
1: to pretty it. spot on. Yeah. 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 There you go.
2: Uh, so. There was about twenty years ago. Um, you know who was involved in this because he tweeted about it recently, and I had a little exchange with him on Twitter. It was Anthony Wilson Smith? Yeah,
0: yeah. Also, uh, the guy who does all the uh, historic of Canada. Uh, historic he runs of historic of yeah, Canada. Anthony is uh, is one of the brightest people I know. One of the nicest people I know, and uh, the respect he has for those people in that era um, is. Apparent, let's just put it that way. So
2: he was involved with taking Charlie Martin, I think he was writing with McLean's at the time, and he was involved with taking Charlie Martin back over to, it might have been 1994, it might have been the 50th anniversary of D-Day. And uh, so there's there's a, a video clip, and I think you can find it on YouTube because I did find it when I had that exchange with Anthony. And they've got Charlie Martin at the cemetery, and he's going up and down the rows, and he goes... There's Benjamin and there's and there's there's old uh, he was a good man and then you see him take his handkerchief out and he starts to wipe his eyes and he goes I'm not crying I'm not crying (laughs) (laughs) while he's crying like while he's he's (laughs) sobbing but insisting. Yeah. That he is not crying yeah. because well, I, because of that generation it I, is that
0: generation. I, I I enjoy I I used to enjoy watching them trying to stifle their cry. Yeah. because it always end up it, they always end up looking like dizzy Gillespie. Their <laughs> their cheeks <laughs> puff out like this. Yeah. and they're like, <laughs> I'm not yeah. crying. And the reason I bring it up again is not out of any kind of disrespect. Oh
2: God, no, anything
0: but but. but you and I, I, is it an age thing? Because well,
2: it must be. I used to tease you all the you time about to, it. You, yeah. you
0: used to yell at me because I've been a crier my yeah. whole life. I, You know, for anybody who's of a certain age, if I tell you I would cry at long-distance commercials, you know what I mean. at yeah. used to have these, you know, in the days when you had to dial long-distance um, and they had these, you know, they had these television commercials. You can go on YouTube and find them. There were days, there were days where you had to pay for long distance phone calls. My mother and father would set the timer on the oven to 10 minutes and then call their, their, uh, my grandparents in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And the timer would go off and we'd have to hang up the phone. Otherwise yeah. we'd be bankrupt. Yeah. From the long-distance <laughs> charges. And AT&T used to have these commercials about calling home. And, and I would get all weepy. And you would say to me, stop yeah, your Get brother. a hold of
2: yourself, <laughs> for Christ's sake. And now I'm worse than he is. Now I'd, I cry at the drop of a hat now. And I guess that comes with getting older. I remember my I guess. Gr- my grandfather, yeah. uh, before he passed away, he was, like, we'd go visit him. I'd go over and mow his lawn. Yeah. And and he'd give me $5 and cry yeah. when I left.
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I guess there must be something to it because I'm first of all, I'm I'm more apt to cry now, you know, well, you're also yeah. Italian. That's <laughs> fucking Italians will cry at anything. That's
2: very Have you ever seen the YouTube video of the Italian fireman who rescues the kitten? No. Have you seen that? No. Oh, my God. Just just Google Italian fireman rescues kitten. OK. And he's this big strapping, bald headed young Italian guy and he's. And he reaches down into a gutter or something, and he gets this little kitten out, and he brings it
1: up. Oh, <laughs> I, <I've laughs> <seen that. laughs>
2: and his buddies are all patting him in the back going, let's get it, let's get it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: I cry just thinking about it. I, I, he
2: just loses it.
1: I've seen it, and I've actually just found it. It's really? a, it actually pops up on auto search. Oh, okay. yeah? Can yeah, you can awesome you
2: play it so that it's on the camera screen? No. So for
1: that for it's for for on for the for camera
2: screen? Can, you, can the people see it in can can TV it on land? <laughs> put it on here bl- it is. Here it, it is. Put it on the blinking light. Have you ever seen this, Ted? All right,
0: That's here we moment. go. Um, uh,
1: there. 27. Audio, or are we gonna get uh, yeah, bamboozled well, by? Uh, tell you. This? Okay. Giada Zamini. No, she's not important. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Giada.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we hold go. Hold on, hold on, because I gotta figure this out. All over right. Here. You want to? He put it up on the uh, on the. Yeah, flashes, yeah he's there. got it up on
2: the screen.
1: Yeah. Grande, bravi
0: ragazzi. Grande, ragazze. Ma ancora, non ce ne più. Bravi, bravi ragazzi. Bravo. That makes me cry again. Yeah, it is. That's so <laughs> Italian, isn't it? It is. That's just so Italian. You're right about that. It's uh now,
1: this is the longest. Oh, sorry, uh, I don't problem. know who that is. I I, I, that. <laughs> okay.
0: That's not gonna make you cry. Oh but, god. No. Um, I should have brought a hanky. But <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> that... <laughs> oh shit. Pull yourself together. No, seriously. <laughs> <The> <laughs> <shit>. <laughs>
2: Speaking of the tweeter, Ted. Yes, sir. Yes. On my radio program on Light 1067, 106.7 FM, online at (laughs) (laughs) light1067.ca, on the iHeartRadio app, and on your smart speaker, every weekday morning at about 20 after 6, I do something called the tweet sheet, where I'll take three tweets that I think are funny and that I think will make Tom Whalen, my on-air partner, laugh. I love this. Now, there are... A lot of tweets. There's a lot of funny on Twitter. Twitter can be a real shithole, but like the internet, the broader internet ex- experience, the broader internet experience yeah, that is, it's the best and the worst of everything. Right. It's a shithole, but it's also chock a block full of really good humor. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of tweets I've come across that have made me belly laugh, but I can't use them on the radio, okay, for obvious reasons. And because, look at us in podcast because land. they're salty, and yeah. here we are in podcast land, yeah. so we can use them. So mm-hmm. I brought along a few, All right, and I want to run them by you, Terry, okay. and see what you think. Here's Alrighty. here's one from at Smooheed. <laughs> HR says I'm no longer allowed to answer the phone with "For fuck's sake, what now?" <laughs> 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 Isn't that funny? That's fantastic. Yeah, she's terrific. <laughs> she's really, really
0: good. I got to follow her. My yeah. fairy, what? Fairy Princess? My Fairy Princess <laughs>
2: Smoo, or the the uh, the handle is at, or whatever you call it, the yeah. at
0: is at Smoohee. It's a, I think, is that uh, MF? Is that motherfucking? <laughs> probably.
1: Yeah, probably motherfucking Fairy Princess <laughs> Yeah. <Smoo. laughs> Oh so boy. that's
0: a good that's one. Very funny. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's go yeah. to the next one. Uh, let's I go to the
2: next one, Poseidon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're got. If you if you're listening, we've got these up on a screen in the studio. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll go from one to the next here. Okay. Uh, the next one, if it's the one that I think it is. Okay.
0: Uh, All right. Probably. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's there. It. We go. Okay.
2: This one's from uh, I can't. Uh, it's Nash Flynn. Okay. My asshole neighbor complained that our rooster was loud in the morning, and then my rooster died unexpectedly. So now I'm forced to stand <laughs> on the on the porch at <laughs> 5:50 a.m. to scream, "The sun!
1: <laughs> oh my god, it's the fucking sun!" <laughs> <laughs> <A>
0: rooster translator.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: well, when you think about it, that's what a rooster says. Exactly. The sun. Oh my god, it's the fucking sun. <laughs> there was a quick sidebar yeah there was a, a place uh, i used to visit years ago in uh, british columbia and i would go for a walk around eleven eh, thirty, quarter to 12 and i would walk by this place where a rooster at around <laughs> quarter afternoon or twelve thirty, would go <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and i quarter thinking, yeah, afternoon i think
0: uh oh, that must be like the the party rooster <laughs> i guess it's like hey pal the sun's been up for quite some time now just rolling out of <laughs> just rolling out of bed at lunchtime
2: literally rolling out of the hay oh Christ. <laughs> all right who do we got next all right here we go from at Viking Jonesy. Code brown, I shout, as I accidentally shit my pants in the Cracker Barrel parking lot.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, these are great. Aren't and they? Also, the Twitter handles Jonesy the Beautiful Idiot. Yeah. God love you, Jonesy. Yeah. Oh, boy, those are fun. Yeah, maybe I should yeah. be reading
2: those instead of the ats. Uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I usually mention the ads on the radio in right. case anyone wants to go to the uh
0: so and I also <laughs> <Cold> brought
2: along <laughs> <laughs> Code Brown. <laughs> I also brought along a couple that I have used on the air but okay. were so funny I thought okay. you'd get a big kick out of them. Alrighty. Uh this is scoog. He's very good. Yeah. George Washington, this tyranny cannot stand John Adams. Here, here. What say you, Benjamin? Ben Franklin slowly going insane because of the syphilis. I'm going to make a lightning kite. I'm a maker. Right. <laughs> okay. okay, and then one more. All right. This might be my all-time favorite. Okay. Steve versus ninjas. At Jonestown, 906 cultists died of drinking poison Kool-Aid, as well as the first officer on the scene, <laughs> Jeff Don't Mind If I Do Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> What do we got here? Oh, God. (laughs) Don't mind if I do. Why don't we talk about Jaguar Land Rover Laval? I like that. The title sponsors of this podcast who have, for this weekend, uh, loaned me a Jaguar F-Type
0: P380 Sports Coupe. And I know what the P is for. Well, because you pee your pants when <laughs> you step on the accelerator, that's what, that's what it is.
2: Yeah, it's got some giddy-up. It's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful car, oh, and uh, they've given me that for the weekend to uh, Ferry Terry to and fro from the podcast studio, and on the way up here this morning, we made a very interesting discovery. They have uh, Catherine Hepburn as the voice. <laughs> <laughs> on the GPS, <laughs> don't they, Ter? <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> we got detoured on the way here, so I turned on the GPS. <laughs> do it, Ter, to imitate it, 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 the GPS it, it, from this car. It, it
0: sounded like he had he had plugged in Catherine Hepburn on the GPS because it was like in 300 meters, you're going to want to turn on Sulphur Street. <laughs> Because, as usual, everything was detoured, and I said, that would be a fun gag if Catherine Hepburn would say, your exit is coming up, pay some attention, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's so
2: true yeah. i guess it was the regular voice but yeah. for whatever reason uh Prob- I, because of the signal or whatever it was just a bit warbly yeah. for a second <laughs> terry, <'cause> went,
0: of- <laughs> terry goes christ it's Catherine hepburn <laughs> <laughs> turn left on survey <laughs> it's probably because of all the bloody potholes in the roads that's why oh, god that was funny yeah. have you seen the new rolling stone uh list of the 500 greatest songs i've seen it i haven't looked at it all the way through but i've seen it can you can you get that up for us poseidon and tell me what the uh i'm gonna get Poseidon like i i saw um oh what's his name the guy he was on mtv for years and he's now on carson Daly. he's now on nbc's uh, morning show yep And I saw a clip of him online the other day, and he was so pissed because he was saying, like, Stairway to Heaven, all of those, you know, big songs. Like, I guess the millennials have taken over at Rolling Stone magazine. So they've put out a new top 500, and none of the songs. And number
2: one is Wet Ass Pussy?
0: Well, (laughs) I'm unfamiliar with that track, but I. Oh, really? You know that
2: one, eh? Who is that? Uh, who uh, does uh, that?
1: Um, what's her? St- um, that's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's, there's Megan uh, the
2: Stallion, and the okay, other one uh, who does wet ass wow, pussy. Okay. The one that
1: goes meow, she does all those. Um, oh wow, yeah. wow, that's
2: uh, Tara. This is oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> is unbelievable. Yeah. It's Cardi, a song. B. Cardi B. Cardi yes. B. Wet yeah. ass pussy okay. or WAP. Okay, and I think it played all on right. the, I think it played on the radio, and I thought to myself, how the hell do you play that on the radio? Because yeah. it's all about whores and my wet ass pussy. And yeah. uh, just the kind of thing that uh, that you want to put on when uh, mom comes
0: over. Yeah. Have
1: you found that list?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, the 500 okay. greatest songs of all time. Okay. I, even,
1: I even found another list for you guys. Okay. The 500 greatest albums of all time.
0: Okay. So, would you, uh, th- this is Rolling Stone Magazine, correct? Yes. Okay. So, Rolling Stone Magazine, the, this is the new list. What's the date on it, Poseidon? Mm. Make sure it's the list that.
1: September 15, 2021. There you, there you go.
0: Okay. So, let's hear the top 10 from the new 500.
1: Oh, the top 10 you want. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Another curveball yeah. from
0: Damani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have time for all 500. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <but> <laughs> Did you hear their podcast the other day? It was pretty good for a while, and then they just started listing songs. Jesus, Murphy.
1: <laughs> okay, do it from, let's. I'm going to do it from 10. Yeah. So d- it's a surprise I, to me as I, I'm scrolling Okay, up.
0: actually, let, let's do it from 20, Okay. Oh, oh, 20. Okay. I mean, is 20 easy to get? Of course, yeah. Okay,
1: so here's, here's the... They have them in sections okay. of 50. All right, here
0: you go. Okay. All right, here's the top okay. 20.
1: Robin, Dancing on My Own. This is 20? Number 20, yes. Okay. And then uh, John Lennon, Imagine. Okay, 19. 19. And then uh, Purple Rain Okay. 18. Pretty good. Prince, good yeah. choice. Uh, Queen, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody Okay. have yeah, f- a yeah, great choice Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: Classic rock track Beyoncé
1: yeah. featuring Jay-Z Crazy in Love mm-hmm. I've heard of them at least Okay <laughs> uh, The Beatles I Want to Hold Your Hand What number is that? A 15 Okay At number 14 We got The Kinks Waterloo Sunset Okay At number 13 We got The Rolling Stones Give Me Shelter Okay At number 12 We got Stevie Wonder Superstition
0: Okay Yeah good song
1: Mm-hmm. Eleven, the Beach Boys, God Only Knows.
0: Yeah, I like that. Love that.
1: At number ten, we got Outcast. Hey Yeah.
0: Top ten. Outcast with a K. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh number nine, we got Fleetwood Mac Dreams. Okay. At number eight, Missy Elliott, get your free con. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: That's <laughs> way better than Stipper to
1: Heaven. Yep. Okay. Number seven, uh the Beatles Strawberry Fields Forever. Okay. Candy. Yep. Marvin Gaye, what's going on at number six? Okay, that's not so bad. Number five, Nirvana, "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Of course, Bob Dylan at number four, "Like a Rolling Stone." Mm. At number three, we got Sam Cooke, "A Change Is Gonna Come." Oh, this is a uh, okay. This is a good. I like this song. Yeah. Um, number two, we got Public Enemy, "Fight the Power." Way
0: better than let it be. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. And the number one song from uh, the new top five hundred? Aretha Franklin, Respect. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's decent. Uh, it's yeah. a lot less worse than I thought. A, like lot a lot less uh, worse. Yeah. I
2: think that's from the, de- repart, depart, the department <laughs> of redundancy. Yeah. Department, part depart, depart.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be honest. It was a little stressful going through the the just the top twenty. Yeah. Because I was worried I was gonna see like a Nicki Minaj or like yeah a yeah Cardi yeah B- me song. too. Well, there you have it.
0: It's uh, you can decide whether or not it was the best of standing by season one and uh, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, Ted, we should uh, quickly uh, mention that season two uh, has been uh, drawn up. The schedule was drawn up and then the pandemic arrived and put us off schedule. We have a schedule and we have
2: guests and we've been delayed. We're thinking by a month or so. We, yeah. we hope to be in this. We had hoped to be in the studio in January Now we hope to be in the studio in February, and that would mean I would assume that we'll have uh, episodes
0: uh, ready for release in March. Right. There you go. And uh, when people say, why don't you just do it this way? uh, This this is fun, but nothing replaces Ted and I sitting across from each other and uh, hanging out for a few days. So that's what we're going to do. We'll keep you posted. Watch for the mini podcast, which should be up sometime in the next couple of days for uh, more information on season two of the standing by podcast.
2: We should mention too, that you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram uh, at standing by, uh, or at Terry and Ted podcast. Shouldn't have brought it up because I don't know which it is. (laughs) (laughs) You can go
0: on the Google. Yeah. Google the uh, standing by podcast and it'll take you everywhere. There you go. These kids Uh, today and they're crazy. see you later. Standing by, the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, where the luxury is unmistakably British,
1: but nobody wears a top hat or a monocle.